Barry's Banter is back, episode two. Who would have thought we would have got here? Today I'm joined by Paul Dermody. Paul is a trainer that I have followed for a few years now, so it's great to have him on. So have a listen, enjoy, see what you think. Million for coming on, you're very good. Pleasure, man. Looking forward um, to it. It should be, yeah. I'm I'm only new to it now. I I did my first one last week. So I'm trying again this week <laughs> before I change my oh, mind. Oh, um, How was the first one? First one was really good. Um, I had Jordan Syatt on. So, Very good. Yeah, so uh, it was pretty good. Time difference worked out better, though, because I was able to have a couple of drinks in the evening. We're in the morning now. So <laughs> 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 it's all me now. There's no alcohol involved. <laughs> How's um, Vietnam? You're in Vietnam now, yeah? Yeah, that's class. Is life. it really good, yeah? Good. Yeah, it's good, good life. Yeah. I, I, we didn't know how long we'd be here, but um, things have worked out well here. It's a very beautiful place and it's a really lovely culture. It's be- yeah, I was there when, oh, it's 10, 11 years ago now and absolutely loved it i'd say i'd say it's a lot busier now. it was busy back then but i'd say it's a lot busier now it's i mean uh, yeah i don't <laughs> i have nothing to compare it against but it's mayhem man but i love that aspect of it i think it's brilliant over there yeah absolutely have you traveled around yet or are you in um ho chi Minh? we have traveled around a little bit of asia before before lockdown came we just done singapore thailand philippines and we had a few places to go to yeah. as well but because of lockdown um the border's still closed um so we're doing some staycations this summer with just places in vietnam so should ah, be perfect. nice yeah now I, I, there's where was i halong bay have you been up there yet no it's on my to-do list ah amazing is it class oh it's unbelievable i'm just sick though because uh, all all the pictures i took i lost the memory card <laughs> so i know pictures from it but even just the memories are just unbelievable and where are you based i'm in waterford so back home oh. yeah so um i went traveling like i said about 10 11 years ago so i took a year out and went traveling and was it vietnam vietnam and then thailand were my last two places and then home regret oh, how, how old are you now i am 30 37 next 37 on thursday <laughs> 37 yeah wow man i was not expecting that you get that a lot do you uh yeah when people start to know get to know my maturity they're like yeah no way <laughs> they're like, You're not no you, you just you, you just look younger i don't know alcohol, alcohol has taken its toll <laughs> <laughs> That year away actually <laughs> took its toll. Uh, my Shaved. one of my friends came. He took two weeks off. That was his holiday, so he met us for the last two weeks of my year away, and we met him anyway. And the first thing he said to me was like, "God, the year away hasn't been kind to you." <laughs> so I said, like, oh, "Cheers. <laughs> Have a great holiday." <laughs> oh so man! You may as well hit some fitness. Guru ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to just give us a little background on your story? Because I know you started in Galway, wasn't it? Yes, personal training wise. Yeah. I started in Galway. Um, I started five years ago. Um, 
initially I was just working in an office. <clears throat> I was working in a in a betting shop called Ladbrokes, and uh, incidentally, a customer came in and yeah. was men- mentioned that for his thirtieth birthday, which was in five six months at the time, he wanted to drop enough weight that he could buy a T-shirt in Topshop. He was currently too heavy to do so. Yeah, and I told him I was hoping to get out of working in an office and become a personal trainer. And I told him I would help him if he wanted me to help, help him for free. And I did. And what I did was I took him for personal training sessions three times a week in his sitting room, which was across from my office on my break. Yeah. And I did his nutrition and he lost 50 pounds. And then that before and after picture was my very first client. And it was quite the transformation. Uh, so that's, obviously got me just enough reputation to yeah. think that maybe you could trust me and then inevitably i started working with brian Keane, and brian is someone i owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to brian has helped me tremendously with business he's helped me develop a lot of confidence towards business and then inevitably i started training one-to-one in gyms in galway for say two and a half three years whatever it was and yeah, I was in a gym in Galway, and once I felt I had kind of, I don't know, maxed out the challenge of getting one-to-one clients, which I loved when I was doing it, but I did feel like I was losing the challenge, I decided to move online, and I haven't really looked back since. I still do a little bit of one-to-one. I've done a little bit in Barcelona, and I do a little bit here in Ho Chi Minh, uh, but most of my work is predominantly online. That's brilliant. And were you working with Brian or under Brian or how did that work? Because I, I follow Brian as well. I've been to a couple of his seminars. He's, he's amazing. Talks very fast yeah. though, but he is pretty good. <laughs> Brian is like a human ball of energy, man. Oh, that's crazy. Can't calm the guy down. <laughs> when, when it, was, it actually worked perfect. So when, when Brian was a personal trainer one-to-one he was looking to make a switch online and I was looking to get into the one-to-one business in itself so it was a perfect opportunity for me to come along and essentially work for work under yeah. work work under his guidance under his leadership and build my skills and build my craft Brian actually it was always the one that which I always loved and respected he was always the one that said to me immediately from day one you and I didn't see this you have entrepreneurship material. You have independence to you. He's like, you're not an employee. So I'm preparing myself for the day you tell me you're leaving. But just so you know, I think that day will come and I think you should. And I yeah. always respected that straight away. I did. I liked that. I thought that That's was a really good, yeah. good skill. Even if, if you didn't know it yourself, it's a little confidence booster, isn't it? To go, oh, okay. Maybe Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, looking back, I don't know how I missed it, man. Honest to God. I, I, I absolutely... Like I have a problem with authority. I hate taking orders. <laughs> I, I, I love working I on my you. own time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know how I missed it, but it was Brian that drew my attention to one day you'll be ready to, to walk. And then I did. I went and I became my own fully self-employed personal trainer shortly after uh, with his full support and help. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I, I just, I, I loved it. And I honestly, between writing Facebook posts and um, some articles on WordPress at the time, some good transfer like I got lucky man my first three clients that I took lost 50 pounds 60 pounds and then close to 100 and something 150 pounds that's crazy so like it was wild, a, crazy Steve is it no that was a guy called Dave um Dave. I, I my client Steve lost 110 pounds yeah. last year but th- this is back in 2016 so okay. my first three clients made that's, some 
That's crazy results. It was at the time. And now I got lucky because there are three wonderful human beings. Yeah. Three really lovely human beings. That's amazing. How did you end up? So you, you were in Barcelona for a while then? My dream has always been to live in Spain. Always, since I've been young. And I nearly did it in 2014 to go work as a waiter. And then the wage was like seven euros an hour or something. Yeah. And I remember at the 11th hour, man, I was like, I don't know. I don't think this is the right move. I think I'm, I'm not running to a new thing. I'm running away. Yeah. And I, I stayed, even though there was nothing as such for me in Galway. And then once in 2018 came and I was, I, I don't want one business. And I was, as a trainer, I was, um, I was fully booked. And I remember at the time I was charging 50 euros an hour, which was quite high in Galway. Yeah. And I was on the periphery of moving to Barcelona. And I remember it was around March. I had decided I thought I was going to move. And in April, I, 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 admitted I had bought everything. So I told all my clients in March that in the summer I would be moving away. I wanted to honor the contracts or offer refunds. And I remember in May came and I put up a Facebook status saying, um, I'm moving away. Uh, this isn't a marketing ploy for more clients. May is my last one-to-one -one <laughs> yeah. month. Like this isn't some yeah, like yeah, limited spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I decided that I was going to put up my rate to 75 an hour. And I thought nobody always paying 75 an hour for PT. Nobody. And to my surprise, three people bought five sessions at 75 an hour. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, I've maxed out my one-to-one -one challenge. I need to go online. So I yeah. just went to Barcelona. I just literally moved over to Barcelona. I was like, right, my favorite city, sunshine. And I'm going to try and build the online business from here. And it was, it was difficult in a way because I have wonderful support, but I'm not very tech savvy. Um, but I just always believed it would work, man. I always think sometimes you have to well. jump yeah. and grow wings on the way down. Because I remember I, uh, you were doing your Q&As and stuff on the balcony in the sunshine. And I was like, that jammy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I got lucky. Like, I mean, I loved them. Like, a lot of my clients, like, well, not a lot. Some of my clients from one to one stayed with me online, so it was enough to have a lifestyle. And yeah. my one to one business had been doing well, so I had savings um, from that point. But in terms of an actual long term one to one cl online client base, I didn't have it. I had to go and build it. Yeah. Um, but like I say, man, when you have a vision and you know why you do what you do, patience. Yeah. Exactly. Stick with the stick with the idea. Stick with the plan. So you you were I presume that's when you started to learn Spanish. Then, incidentally, no. Oh really? <laughs> so why would you? <laughs> why would I? I moved home from Barcelona in Jan. So I was there for say seven months, and I moved home. And when I got home, I went, "Fuck it! I think next time I go back to Spain, I'm going to learn Spanish." So I started in January. I had like the very basics in Barcelona, like, hello, can I have a cup of coffee? Yeah. But, like when somebody asked me a question back, like I was a deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah. So um, I started in January, 2019. I just started listening to podcasts and I have, again, I get a little bit obsessed with goals, man. Um, but one of my goals is to speak Spanish. I feel nearly strange saying this. I want to speak Spanish on a similar level to how I speak English. So I'm going to keep going. That's a big aim. <laughs> It's a big aim. It's a big aim. But five years ago, five years ago, living in Asia, working solely online was a big aim. Yeah. And that works. Yeah. So again, patience, patience. So when did you patience, end up man. in Vietnam then? That's last year, was it? Yeah, man. Me and my girlfriend. My girlfriend moved here 
well, she didn't move here. We moved here at in <laughs> in July, in July, literally nearly a year ago to the day. I wanted to move back to Spain, and Orla was like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know the language." She she was worried about stupid things, man. Like, how are we going to order internet, and what will we do yeah, if yeah. the milkman doesn't? You know, the little I like, things. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that will work out," and she wasn't up for it. The language barrier was too much for her. Incidentally, she's learning Spanish now too in Vietnam. But then out of the nowhere, she was she, she was like, do you want to go to Vietnam? And I was just like, gee, Vietnam? Yeah. Where the hell did that come from? And she was like, oh, good job opportunities, good quality of life. And I remember thinking, what's the weather like? And she said, it's hot there. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sold. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. And it's cheap to live there, I'd imagine, still. It can be, yeah. It's, it's quite economical. Um, sometimes, it depends where you go for food. Um, but like, you can get some nice clothing here for really cheap prices. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can live a good life here. Do they still have, is it the dong that they have? You go to the ATM, you take out like a million dong and you're like, oh my God, I'm actually a millionaire. I, I don't care because a million dong is only around 40 euro. Yeah. So like, yeah. I always, like how, what the hell kind of numbers are you looking I at? I don't know how you work that out. We were only there... <laughs> I think two weeks and I was like, I have no idea. I was just throwing money at people. I was like, I actually have no idea what I'm paying here. Uh, I completely agree. Like, what do you actually do when a million euro purchase in Dong? Like, if 40 euros a million Dong, what's a million? Someone's buying a mansion. And they, there is wealth here. We're, there is a lot of wealth in this part of Vietnam. So I, I'm just, my brain hurts thinking great. about it. I don't know. Well, I suppose when you grow up with it, they're like, but like when you're buying something for the cost of 50 cent, like it's still, uh, I can't even, my head I can't even get around that. <laughs> um, so you're, done. Yeah, yeah. So your PT is going well. Your kind of, your kind of, um, your main philosophy, I suppose, would be building a better relationship with food. Is that fair to say? I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with happiness. I'm obsessed with a relationship with food. I've just seen too many people on and off the diet bandwagon all their lives. Um, I've just literally got off a call with one of my brand new clients, just like she literally her first chat with me today. And she said something to me that actually, I, I was like, oh, struck me. And she said, I don't generally employ a trainer. I'm very skeptical of trainers. But she said to me, it's very clear exactly what you do. And I was like, oh, yes, that's exactly... That's what you want. That's what I want. That's what I want, definitely. Um, yeah, man, I, I guess I, I guess it's a little bit of experience. I guess it's my own reality. I guess it's, it's just, it's changed my life. It's the clients that do work with me. I mean, not everyone, obviously. You're not going to get everybody to change their lives the way you want them to. Yeah. To be real, like, I'm not going to... But the ones that have changed their lives dramatically have all gotten away from this idea of, toxic diet mentalities I guess uh, that's not to say all dieting is bad I don't think so at all I think it's the case of pursuing goals from a from a good place not a place of self-punishment but yeah man like I always think we need to add whatever goals you're you're doing whether it's fat loss or muscle gain or or extreme transformations I just think we need to keep the word happiness in in the process too and that's on a surface level um then you know you talk to people who are chronically dieting for three years four years five years yeah. at time not not seeing any progress i'm sure you know yourself yeah it's just because i would like obviously people come in they want to see results on the scales i'd be like that's it's an indicator but i'd prefer measurements but mostly i'd go how do you feel are you happier in yourself or do you feel less stressed are you getting more sleep are you just a bit 
in general happier and once they say i'm actually i feel a million times better about myself and i'm like don't worry about scales it's irrelevant and that's it man if you focus to say unidimensional if that's the right word on one factor um it, it just simply doesn't make sense um because if you know people that tend to put their attention on the scale obviously not fostering the best relationship with it but then then when you see things through just one one lens uh everything else becomes a threat to that and what i mean by that is you know i, I have some people who are like i say chronic dieters and one of the hardest things is to get people away from these two polar extremes of like you know super low calories followed by super 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 high kind of bucket yeah. button calories so to speak and what i have found is most of us are afraid to take our calories a little bit higher for day-to-day -day life thinking like more calories equal more body fat and when you look at it solely through that lens for example then you're robbing yourself of potentially seeing other things like if i said to, and, and i'm using this as an example because i don't exactly know your lifestyle directly but if i said to you i want you to have five or six hundred more calories today that that could be the difference between you having more energy and being more full which means food isn't a conscious thought which means you're going to get more neat today because you've less to focus on, which means you might sleep better because you've had a better energized day and you're not yeah, worried exactly. about food and stuff. Yeah, you might not actually have taken in 600 extra net calories. You might literally nullify what is still insinuating you're doing something wrong, but you might actually expend the same amount of extra calories because you've taken in more calories. So it's not always black and white, for example. So I'm trying to get people very much to question why to understand the principles. Um, I always think in life, the person to ignore is the person who has one answer to a complex issue. Yeah. And I don't want that person to ever be us. But like you, I was listening to your podcast earlier in the month and you were saying this whole thing of like everything has to be black and white. We need to kind of get away from that. So like you were saying, the calories, say you were given a certain amount of calories, but you were hungry. I said, well... I'd always said, well, eat it then. It's not going to make a huge difference over time. And like you said, if you have those extra calories, you might feel better. You might sleep better. You might train better, which in turn then will lead to maybe more calories burnt over the next couple of weeks or so on. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and adding to that as well, like life isn't a one big diet. Um, could when you're... Yeah. It could, exactly, it couldn't be. When, you, when you're talking about the principles of, say, fat loss and muscle gain, yeah, you're going to want to be in a deficit to lose body fat, and you're going to need to do so happily. You can't go into a deficit and then decide to hate your deficit until you're done with the deficit. You, know, you need to go into it happily. And then feel happy when it's to, all over. Exactly, yeah. because it doesn't exist. It's a process. Um, but also to put on a little bit of muscle gain, or put on a bit of muscle, to have a little bit of muscle gain, like you need sufficient calories, sufficient protein. So even the idea of increasing calories, knowing you're working towards a goal, like it's so multifaceted and multi-layered. Almost what I've learned is it's almost impossible to talk about the podcast in many senses. That's why I try. You know, the, I, the advice is very general, but the application is quite specific. You know, two people might hear calorie deficits, eat less. And depending on the psychology of that human, one person might be slightly overweight and think, you know what, maybe I could do it eating a bit less. That's the awareness I need. And another person could be in a very fearful relationship with food and hear that advice. And that could be the thing that pushes them further towards yeah. distorted eating tendencies. So you don't know how well-intended advice could be hurting people all the same. Yeah, because like 
to put it simply, all the information is out there. It's not rocket science, but some like that. I think you said it before as well. Somebody might say something and it might just land. It might just hit home and go, actually, do you know what? Bang on. That is it. Cause even, I think you have, um, Jordan side has kind of a, a little thing going, you can't fuck this up. So you can't fail a diet. You shouldn't be able to pass and fail a diet. And your you have your your one is the fucking button. Don't press the fucking button. I love that. I use that with clients as well because it is. Some people will have like the extra one or two drinks or the extra one or two hundred calories, and then they'll just say to themselves, "Ah, oh, fuck it," and off they go. They're, they don't stop for the evening. Then that's it, man. Um, I have no problem with anybody. Um, for example, I went out Saturday night, and there was a plate of nachos. And I wanted them, but it's like a serving. It says on a ser- serves four, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm getting nachos <laughs> for four for one." <laughs> I did, and and it's the perception of you know this is the time when it's worth saying fuck it. However, however, <laughs> I did not say the fuck it button for the whole next day because I had higher calories the night before. Yeah. Um, it's knowing. It's knowing like. When is the right time to indulge? And the analogy I use, man, it's, it's almost over simple and I, I by no means want to patronize, but imagine that my nachos was me spending 50 quid that I, that I wasn't planning on spending on Saturday night. If I did spend 50 quid, you'd probably go, yeah, don't sweat it. But imagine if I went, you know what, sure, I'm going to head out to the balcony now and start throwing 50s out the window just because <laughs> I spent 50 quid on Saturday. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And then if I told you even further that my plan was, don't worry, I'm going to start saving 50 again on Monday. You think, yeah, yeah, but you're going to be broke. Like if yeah, you do you're it starting, every week. You're starting again. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I do try and make this, make this quite lighthearted and try and take the pressure off my clients by making some jokes and making it lighthearted because you can get the best out of people when you can take a principle they've been led to believe is overly complicated and really simplify it for them. And I've seen, I've seen some of the most intelligent humans I have been blessed to work with and it's just this is an area of their life they've had always struggled with and it's the simplification of it man uh, i i like simplicity is the ultimate sophistication i think i live and die by that rule now um and i feel we have the power to do that for clients and we have the power to improve improve people's relationship with food and therefore improve their relationship with progress and i mean it's not just all about calories like there's things like yeah. sleep it's movement it's sex life it's so many things but ultimately if you understand if you have all these theoretical principles, but in application, it's very much feast or famine, you know, complete restriction or fuck it button mode. There's no practical application there. It is, yeah, because like like you were saying, it goes from black and white very quickly. But you put it, um, was it the book you were reading, Pebbles of Perception, and those kind of five I, stages. Great. Have you, you read Pebbles of Perception? No, I was just listening to your podcast. Ah, oh, yes. I'm so yes. bad at reading books. I just let other people read it and then I listen to their podcast. <laughs> so Clever, much. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's what was the first one is ignorance. Now, people, it's trying to explain you're not ignorant, but to know where you're going, you have, a, you have an idea of where you want to be, but do you know how to get there? And do you understand what it'll take to get there? Yeah, and that's exactly it, man. Um, the ignorance in terms of, it's more like radical acceptance that if you don't have, if you don't have 
if you're not where you want to be, if you don't, if you haven't achieved your goal, like accepting you're not where you want to be, I could easily point the finger at someone else. For example, I'll use myself as an example. When I started with Spanish, you know, I can't go into it under the false illusion that I'm a good Spanish speaker. I, I had like six words. Yeah. Um, so it was understanding that I had no knowledge of the Spanish language. And I always think that when I hear, when I do hear someone else say something like, I kind of know what to do. I just haven't done it. I'm always skeptical of that line because if you knew how to be a millionaire, you would do oh, yeah. it. Yeah, why aren't you a millionaire? <laughs> yeah. So I just can't help but turn that back. I, I don't feel anybody wants to feel out of shape. So I always, and, and what I found is most people that, that say, and, and I'm, I'm saying this with kindness and with love, not with judgment. Yeah. Most people who I found who have said, I know what to do, I just haven't done it. They know how to extremely crash diet and they're just not ready to go back into that, that, that kind of life again. And I respect yeah. that. What they perhaps haven't mastered is the, the, the gradual thing in the middle. Yeah. yeah. The, the kind of well the, i suppose the the um, the sustainable one where you can go out for a drink and not feel guilty or you can have that slice of pizza and not go i'm hitting the fucking button let's go all in um let's absolutely yeah it is yeah um like you were saying it is it's developing the the relationship with food like you were like for example you have a salad and you feel amazing, whereas you have pizza and you feel sluggish. Like, like, there's no like your body hasn't gained fat with that one pizza, or your body hasn't burned fat or lost weight with that one salad. But people, I don't know, subconsciously maybe think that they have or haven't. Well, that's a, that's exactly right, man. Um, I actually couldn't agree more with you. I, I've often used that. Example again with people who are just starting that literally to echo you what you just said there you know realistically if you've had a salad you kind of feel fresh you know that feeling yeah. of eating vegetables like, oh. you feel fresh and good and healthy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah you, you you yeah you feel like that when you've had a salad and you feel great and you feel sexy and you realistically know your body hasn't changed because you know uh but ultimately we have the complete opposite the problem with pizza you know you eat a pizza and you might feel a tiny bit full a little bit stuffed yeah. you know Content. Nobody's leaving the tooth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we do have this panic. I do think it's because the long-term diet industry has convinced us that there are, you know, there are absolute rules to follow, and that if you break them, you fucked it entirely. And I don't think the industry has been very empowering in teaching us about calorie balance. Um, at the base, like the fact that this is still kind of a discussion in 2020, yeah. kind of does show. Um, but yeah, that's, that's exactly it, man. I am trying to get people personally, I'm sure you're doing the same with that analogy, to get people to almost slow down. Yeah. Slow down when you're eating. Take what's your time, rush? taste, enjoy. Yeah. yeah. What's the rush? Yeah. It's, well, it's like, what's the rush with getting through your food? And what's the rush? in? I know people want to lose weight now. They want to do it very fast. But inevitably, if they're going to lose it fast, they're going to regain it fast. So I'm kind of like, slow down take your time have this like even i've clients come in to me some days and they're like you're not going to tell me not to eat chocolate are you i say you can have chocolate every day if you want but just don't overdo it it's moderation it's having the rest of your foods are decent foods it's about your calories it's about your training everything comes together don't be afraid of fuck man i love chocolate i can't live without chocolate and and there you go man um you know you it's why I think it's so important to work with people as individuals. Um, 
do you find it do you find it easier to get to get your message across via your online training or via your if you're doing face-to-face online yeah um and my model is very much my business model is very much centered around one-to-one so i have changed my business model ever so slightly in the last 12 months now a little more expensive um particularly for what i give Mm. and it's because there's one-to-one i'm very like i said i'm very selective on who i work with um and when i work with someone i do genuinely believe i can help them and that's that's my goal um it won't always be perfect of course i've made my mistakes so i'll be the first to say that but i do my very best yeah the context of a one-to-one conversation i mean one thing i really learned in the past 24 months is as because i love training and I had to remove myself slightly from realizing that, A, I always once thought that people would love going to the gym within a couple of months, that they just needed to get used to it. And that, yeah. that, always didn't ha- that didn't always happen. And then the other thing is, you can change someone's perspective through conversation like me and you are having right now without yeah. ever taking them to a workout or walking them to the gym. You, I could take, like, you could, anyone could, any great trainer, and there's loads of great trainers, could take a client under their wing for one, two, three months, six months, and completely change the way they see food, fitness, and completely change the way they understand the principles of it without ever going to a gym with this person and help them maintain their body weight. Also, we have, in my opinion, like I nearly feel this sounds almost too trivial to sound profound, but like, what's your goal? Like, yeah, and why? I'm not just talking, yeah, and why exactly? And I'm not just like, oh, no, you're why? Now give me 50 push ups. Like, <laughs> literally, you know. If you don't like the gym and you just want to manage your body weight, it's a really useful thing to know that body fat is a tissue, it's an energy, and a simple rule of science, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, it can only be transferred from one form to another, and you need to learn to break that energy down via calorie deficit, blah, 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 that stuff. But if you want to bolt the fuck out of your biceps, then you better know how to do a bicep curl really well, and then how to structure those into your training program. So like what's the goal like i have i'm working currently with someone who's trying to lose you know well over 100 pounds who for now will never want to set foot in the gym their words and i respect that fully and i also work with people who like they just want accountability but they're pretty set they have good yeah exactly but even even this lockdown has proved to a lot of people that they don't need a gym like if you hate going into a gym you can i know like even for me now, I loved working out at home for the first four or five weeks of lockdown. And then I was like, nah, I'm sick of this now. But a lot of people, if they are afraid of going to gym or nervous about going to gym, now I think they they realize now that they don't have to go to gym. And especially like you were saying, if it's just a matter of a bit of fat loss or a bit of weight loss, you definitely don't need a gym. You don't need to be putting yourself into situations that you really don't want to be in. That's, I agree. I am with the opposite of you. I, I struggled so bad to try and work out when lockdown, oh, the day the, gyms, <laughs> the day the gym's closed, man, I was like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? I work at home. I live at home. I cook at home. I am not training at home. Yeah, it is. It is hard. Like I, like I said, I enjoyed it for about three or four weeks. And then I was like, no, I'm lucky enough to have my own place. So I was able to get in there then and train once kind of lockdown was lifted a little bit. But yeah, but like that now, it was, I'm only in a little apartment. 
So you come out of your bedroom and you're into your kitchen slash living room slash gym and you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this again. <laughs> exact same sentiments. We have a lovely little apartment here, but it's not the biggest thing in the world. So um, it is yeah, tough. That's yeah, um, it was too far. Injuries. Um, you have popped your shoulder out three, four, seven, eight times. I've actually done both my shoulders. Yeah. Um, it, I've been how very did you, unfortunate. How did you cope, um, say, when you couldn't train? Is it just a matter of adapting or? I, th- this one I thought was a skill, and I'm not sure if it's a skill or a mindset. Um, when I look around day to day, man, I love life so much. I really do. I, I'm so grateful that there are so many wonderful things. There are so many blessings in life. And honestly, I believe the, the richest man and woman is the, is the one that has their health. I really believe that. And in the context of life, I have really learned that a broken bone, you know, don't ever delude yourself to think that any problem in your life is so bad that it cannot get worse. Um, I don't like being the victim. I never have. I have come to be challenged with from many people, including family members, um, like extended family members, when I have that philosophy. A lot of people seem to like self-pity. Uh, not my thing. I love yeah. life. I think life is wonderful. I've, done, I've dislocated my left shoulder four times, and I've had surgery on it. That was years ago. And I dislocated the right one shortly after. Um, and then I thought I was out of the woods, because that all happened 18, 19, 20 years old. Then I was 28 and I went skiing in New York. And then my first time, my first week down the mountain, I fell and dislocated my right shoulder. And then it happened again in Barcelona. Uh, so I've, I've, I've had some misfortune with it. I spent the last like two years kind of rehabbing it myself, trying to get stronger, but also continuously rehabbing it. But um, I also am kind of lucky because, you know, I'm, I love life. I'm very, very grateful. I see so many blessings each and every day that I think we all take for granted. But on the practical side of things, I also have a job that gives me an incredible amount of meaning and purpose. Um, yeah. Like, man, some of, the, some of the stuff that I receive from my clients on my text messages, some of the messages, some of the things that are said to me, like, you know, I'd, I'd get a bit emotional thinking about it. I really would. I'd, I'd nearly even get a bit emotional right now just thinking back on some of the stuff. I, I can't replicate that feeling in any other part of my life. I, I really can't. So, yeah, so if- when I run into... If a, if a pop shoulder is the worst of your issues, you're doing very well. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. When I run into these obstacles in life, you know, first and foremost, I actually nearly think it's borderline arrogant to assume that I shouldn't have to deal with obstacles in life. Why shouldn't I? Um, second, you just have to get on with it. You just have to get on yeah. with it. Like you have two choices in life. You either look forward or you slip on something behind you. And, and I think too many of us allow ourselves to look back and continue to slip on something that's behind us. And I just don't see the utility in that. Uh, I'm also very lucky. My dad was always very like, oh, yeah. my dad's a very kind, compassionate character, but very like, hey, you've got it. Get on with it, yeah. Very, yeah, but lovely really sweet man my mother's a bit the same my mother would be a little bit like oh my poor baby but my dad would be very ah, should be grand. yeah you know and <laughs> he's all right so, yeah you'd be all right and yeah. i think it's just a mix some mix of those three things man and um, we all have problems in life you know if we all took our problems and put them in a pile in life you know the old cliche this is hardly profound but you wouldn't be long taking your problems back like yeah i work with a lot of people i've seen people with with what i call real 
real things. And then you could argue, oh, but don't invalidate anyone else's problems, your own included. And I, I understand that, but you know, we all are getting problems in life. Like that's, that's pretty much a given. I think it's, I think it, you know, the Viktor Frankl book. You know, ma, um, person can can not choose pretty much anything. In, oh, I'm going to butcher this so much. Uh, don't worry, can, I haven't read the book. <laughs> oh, it, it's an amazing book. You can make but it up. Basically, I can make it up. Yeah, but guess <laughs> what he said. <laughs> um, just basically, you can control almost nothing in life except you know, your character in every single situation, that, that kind of thing. And um, I just really believe that's true. And I, I've noticed the temptation in our society, in our generation, to mentally masturbate with all the catchphrases and books and quotes until shit happens to us. Yeah. But no, for me. Yeah. For me. It is self, it's not um, an attractive quality, really, the self-pity, really, is it? And it's not going to help you either. No, I don't like it. It's yeah. I I, I I'm miserable. <laughs> I can it. tell by your face now you really don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but like, you know, like life is harder for me and no one else. Like, I just don't see the utility in it. Yeah. I mean, people have real shit all the time, real stuff. That's yeah. why I don't get to decide whose problems are real or not. I'm more talking about myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I know we always tell tell people not to compare themselves. Like, oh, look at this girl on. Instagram, I want to look like her and don't compare yourself to her. But when you do actually compare yourself, there is sometimes you can compare yourself and go, I have no issues compared to some people. Why, how, why, am, I, why am I feeling so sorry for myself? Let's get up and get on with it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I wouldn't like anybody to listen to this and think that I'm... Like, I really do believe some people have real problems. I really do. Like, people have real things in life um yeah would you have do you know when it comes to like that like the all-in like the black and white these fad diets these kind of like we were discussing earlier about i'm either gonna eat 900 calories or i'm not gonna do anything at all would you have any kind of words of wisdom or tips for them to try and learn or how to develop a better relationship like we were talking about with food or is it it's more of a longer term it's obviously going to be a longer term pro process but is there any little tips you might have off if, the cuff if we assume if we assume that the person is in sound mental health and mental space yeah and this is just a particular struggle um what i would say is the first thing i would say there is stop dieting and what i mean by that is stop putting excess attention on the results and or this idea that dieting is just something that you do you know if you are not on a plan you can never be off the plan stop dieting allow yourself to get to a place where you get your relationship with food to be a little bit better that might mean incorporating foods you've banned it might mean doing some small exercises with foods like for example i recently did an exercise with one of my ladies this is going to sound a tiny bit hippy dippy, but this isn't necessarily the essence of my coaching. It's, this just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, she told me she really struggled with one particular food. Now, immediately, as soon as she said it, I was skeptical of whether the story she had painted about it was true or not. So all I did was ask her to have that particular pastry today, which surprised her. I was like, no, I, I particularly would like you to have it today or the next time you get an opportunity. Yeah. Um, she, she went and got it that day and I asked her to rate the first bite out of 10. And then the second bite and then the third bite and see was there any difference between the first bite and the last bite that she took that was it 
all I wanted her to do was eat slowly, chew her food, eat mindfully and really taste it. Don't, don't waste. And she told me that the first bite was a 10 out of 10 deliciousness. She was salivating at the mouth. It was her favorite dessert, favorite pastry. Then she said the second bite was like a 7 out of 10 uh, because she noticed the base was a bit damp and it wasn't as you know fresh as it would be and all this stuff. And then the third bite, she didn't even want it anymore. And I found that interesting because it did confirm something that I believe. And I think there is some science behind this, that food gets less tasty, or at least treat food. I don't, you see, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to quote because I don't know the exact science, so just bear with me. But yeah, I think pastries or treats get less, less tasty. You know, the first bite is nicer than the last, and it gets less nice as it goes on. So from the first bite went from a 10 out of 10 salivating at the mouth to like, I don't want this anymore after the third bite. Now, as much as that's not going to cure everybody's knowledge with food, sometimes we demonize food so badly that we race through it almost as a form of self-punishment when we've eaten it without stopping to taste. Yeah, like you were saying, slow down. Exactly. And I mean yeah. that in life as well, like slow down, what's the rush in life, what's the rush with the goal, but also what's the rush with your meal. Um, but I found that very fascinating. And um, when she said it back to me, I was like, that's very interesting because that's kind of what I was suspecting, but I wasn't expecting it to be so strong. But more like less kind of hippy-dippy, if, if you will, uh, I have literally asked some of my clients to really, you know, taste and enjoy certain foods. And I've been so, I'm not surprised anymore. They've been so surprised when they say, I don't even like chocolate ice cream as much as I thought I did. I always just put it into the kind of bucket mode and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I find that so interesting because I've had people go from self-described gluttony to actually throwing out the latter half of an ice cream cone because they were done. And I find that so amazing that people could decide, I'm done. Like one of my clients joked recently going, it's so funny, I wouldn't hesitate to throw out the head of lettuce in the fridge when it goes off, but heaven forbid I would throw out the biscuits or something like that. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. That's so true. That is amazing. Paul, that was amazing. Thank you so much. I won't take up any more of your time. Oh, you're very welcome. You're I a legend it. for coming on. Thank you so much. Um, good luck with... now. When are you going away? When are you going up to Halong Bay? Get on that. Uh, Have you a plan yet? I want to say, no, I, I'm not certain about Halong Bay. Me and myself and my beautiful better half are going to Natrang and Delax next month, if anybody knows Vietnam. Oh, yes. And then you can get, there's, um, there's I'm not sure, I, I presume they're still there. Easy Riders, they're called. You can get these lads and they get put you on a motorbike and they bring you around a lot and they're lunatics as well. So that it's yeah, that is pretty I think that's still, it's, it, you'll have it done in a few hours, like so you'll get to see everything. Grand. So that's that's um in July. How long Bay is on the cards. My wait till my best mate gets over here. Uh, I'm not actually sure yet. Um yeah, in the meantime Man, thank you so much. Best of luck with all your online stuff and keep bringing out the content on Instagram. We all love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it a lot. All right. Thanks a million, Paul. Cheers. Have a great day, dude. See you later. Thanks.